I too would like to say happy Mother's Day. It's been great to have Joe lead us and all the words from Sarah Beth and others. Fantastic. I did like that young woman who just read that Bible reading. What a wonderful young lady and young mum she is. She's a credit to her mother. Now, just in case you're wondering, that's my daughter, Emma. So well done, Emma. Happy Mother's Day. I hope uh, you're having a good time as well. You know, it's a really unique time. It's a special time. I think about my mum. She passed away a couple of years ago. Uh, as Joe said, it has all sorts of yeah, aspects to it, highs and lows, and uh, we're praying for all of you guys. When I stop, though, and think about Mother's Day, uh, I, there's a phrase that comes to my mind when I think of my mother, and it's actually last action hero. Uh, I think our women in our lives, guys, you've got to bear with me, I don't think we give them enough credit for all they do. Uh, they're an amazing part of our family life. They shape us in ways we may not realise. But uh, I'm just so thankful for them. They know how to act they know how to be real in life and they know how to care. Right now, just in case you're watching anything on Netflix, there's a particular show called The Last Dance. It's about the story of the Chicago Bulls back in the 90s with a basketballer even you might have heard of, Michael Jordan. Well, episode five, about 10 to 15 minutes in, there's a particular moment where Michael Jordan's manager, just before Michael Jordan explodes and becomes who we know he is today, his manager wants him to go and talk to a company called Nike. Uh, Nike were really specialists in maybe just the athletic field of shoes. Back in the 90s, the big shoe, of course, was Converse, and even my own sons are into Converse shoes. And Michael did not want to go and talk to them. Uh, the manager decides to call Michael's mum. And so Michael's mum calls up Michael. It doesn't matter how big you are or how great you think you are. Michael's mum simply says to him, Michael... You will go and listen to what they have to say. Guess what Michael Jordan did? Even though he was reluctant, he went and listened to the company of Nike. And as they say, the rest is history. It's really important that we not just honour mums, but we all understand what it means to, to listen. To listen well and to act on all that's being said. Uh, Mother's Day, when I think of mums, it's sweet it's lovely, it's enjoyable, it's tricky. It really is tricky for all sorts of reasons. Um, it's a potential day of highs and lows. Uh, Rhonda, I'll call out to my wife, that great clip that Greg arranged before, well, you got to see all your kids saying hi and giving sweet thoughts to you. That was fantastic. Thank you guys for making sure that happens. Uh, there's so much that goes on around us. Uh, I wonder, husbands... I wonder what you're doing right now as you think about the women in your life. Because some men, let's just say not the men sitting in their lounge room next to their wife right now, might think of their wife as, oh, she has to be perfect. Perfect host, perfect house, perfect food. Uh, if you're a young mum, the kids have been perfectly toilet trained and all those things. Now, I know some men might think that, but not the men watching this screen right now, because that's very dangerous territory. You might have heard Sarah Beth say earlier that when our women think of themselves, they mainly think of their imperfections. And on today, like today, I want to say to you ladies, if I could drag you out of that a bit, and men, if I can encourage you to encourage you, the women in your life to remind them of how much they're loved, to remind them how much you care for them, that'd be really powerful as well. Um, our women know what it's like, as I said, to, to get real with us 
to act accordingly, to care, to be specific. It's funny, isn't it? When I think back of, uh, I'm the youngest of three boys, when my mother would say things like, boys, dinner's ready. It's funny how we can interpret that. Deep down, I think she means dinner's ready. However, my brothers and I would think, yeah, yeah, we'll come in when we're ready. And yet the effort she went to to get it all ready for us to eat. Wow. I I think I need to repent from some of the attitudes I might have had as a younger guy. Um, We know as, uh, as people in our community and in families how demanding it is for women in today's world. Working, raising kids, trying to get kids ready. They know about runny noses. They know about dirty faces. They know how to be there when there's accidents, how to love it, all those things. Uh, And yet we also know that, I want to say probably far too many women might realise they actually take a back seat to their own needs. When when you're a young mum or a mum with teenagers, often you put yourself behind the agenda and that can have implications as well. So we want to say uh, all the men today, well done mums. We love you. We love what you're doing. We're sorry if we don't show that or speak it enough, but we certainly want to do that because when I stop and think about what the Bible has to say in James, in James chapter 1 especially, I think our mums get it up front. I think they really do know what it means to guess what? Be quick to listen. Hmm. Be slow to speak. And more than that, what follows? Be slow to become angry. I think they demonstrate that a lot. So I'm just going to have a prayer now and ask you to pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all that you have done. We especially thank you for our mums, our grandmas, the women in our lives. Father, may it be that we encourage them and remind them of how well they are loved, just like you remind them. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, well done. As I said, I think our mums know what it means to sort of get real with life and You know, just remember this. You you can sit in church life week in, week out. You can even hear messages like this. You can be involved in any number of Zoom meetings. And yet, sadly, you can remain totally unchanged by what the Bible teaches. And that's one of the concerns I think James has as he writes. So he wants to be right up front. He wants to say, get real. Get real. Verse 1, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Why? Because in verse 20, human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Get real. He's being very direct. He's saying, stop kidding yourselves. Stop kidding yourselves. I mean, it's so upfront in what he's saying to all of us about our lives. Uh, Very soon, James will say, look, hear the word, Receive the word and do it. Now, don't get caught up in thinking, oh, it's a faith versus work analogy. No, no. James is very clear about who his faith is in. But what he's saying now is our behavior, our morality, the way we live really, really matters. Uh, Maybe he has been hanging out with his brother. We accept it's Jesus for a long time. Be quick to listen. You know, how you grow is by listening to others. How you respond. It's like that old phrase, let it sink in before you speak. Just slow down before you jump in and say things. Um, and he's calling us to do that so we can grow to maturity. Um, and we've got to keep on hearing the word of God. And I, I really am encouraged in this season we're in, I think we can do that more and more because we are still locked down. Uh, therefore, we must be quick, 
quick to hear. Hear what's being said. I like the message translation on this verse. You can check it out for yourself later on. Uh, Eugene Peterson says this, uh, Lead with your ears, follow up with your tongue, and let your anger struggle along in the rear. And that is so true, and we'll get to that, why that is. Uh, And look, please understand, James is not just giving you good advice in your relationships. I'm prepared to say it is good advice in your relationships. But he's very aware that he's talking about a life in Christ. A life in Christ. And because we are connected with Jesus, this is actually helpful, more than helpful, crucial in how we live, not just as individuals and not just in our family, but in the broader community as Christ followers. Um, And it's a lesson we have to learn and have to keep hearing about. Maybe if James was writing today in 2020, he'd say something like, be quick to listen, slow to post, and slow to become angry about what has been posted. I'd love to hear how in today's world we'd interpret this because I notice, uh, brothers and sisters, a lot of people post about a lot of things and then people respond to that. I think we need to learn lessons about how we do that And we need to maybe slow down a bit in that space. As shocking as this might sound in 2020, why? Because we live in a culture where it's okay to express our feelings. I've got something on my mind, I should just say it and blurt it out, regardless of how you receive it. Be cautious with that. Proverbs 13, verse 3. He who guards his lips guards his life. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 Verse 9, do not get upset quickly for anger resides in the lap of fools. Again, Proverbs 29, verse 20. Do you see a man who speaks in haste? There is more hope for a fool than him. There is a whole lot of advice about how we should speak, but more importantly, how we should listen and then respond. Why? Because verse 20, man's anger does not bring about the righteousness that God desires. Being angry does not mean that you're being Christ-like. Yes, Jesus did have a moment in the temple where he did get angry. But as we grow to maturity, we have to understand who we are and more what God requires of all of us. Real living, I suppose. Real faith. Get real. Don't kid yourself. Our life with God and how we engage is crucial to all that we do and say. Um, If you don't have an attentive ear to God, you have to cultivate that. I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight. You have to work at it. You have to ask for God's assistance. Um, But the truly godly and wise person, and this is why I think mums model this, it's not someone who always has something to say, but someone who's prepared to listen, to listen before they speak, uh, to prayerfully consider what is being said and then at the right time don't forget you still should speak but at the right time say something not when you're full of emotion and 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 feelings are running rampant in your heart and mind no 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 matter the circumstances just 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 slow down a bit think about what's being said Uh, and and James is writing not just again for the personal reality but for our community as well we have to apply this in real life, our situations, our teamwork, leadership, marriages, relationship with kids, neighbours, how we drive, how we email, how we ring, how we text, how we post, all these things apply in this context. Um, I know I'm a talker, but 
one commentator once said, you know, a great talker is really a great listener. It's probably true. If uh, you and I are known to be talkers, we have to really check ourselves to make sure we also are great listeners. Because sometimes the two don't go together. Uh, and let alone anger. Well, anger, anger can reside in our, all our hearts. I'd hate to think that husbands and wives had a fight today on Mother's Day. And worse still, I'd hate to think that any husband would ever say to his wonderful wife, you're just like your mother. Don't do that, blokes. Dangerous territory. Unless you're going to say how wonderful your mother-in-law is. I've never known my mother-in-law. Uh, Rhonda's mum passed away when she was only nine. Uh, but anger. It resides in all our hearts and minds. Um, and it doesn't mean don't get angry. That great passage from Ephesians 4 says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. So yes, you can be angry, but don't let it reside. You have to deal with it. You know, C.S. Lewis, that great Christian writer, he said this, surely what a person does when they are taken off guard is the best evidence for what that person really is. I think it's true. When people get caught out, you start to realize, oh, so that's what they're like. Uh, anger and sin are never far apart and so we need to be mindful of that and be working through that and James is keen that we understand that as well human anger is never pure human anger is never in most circumstances just justified if it's just pure anger Um, it's often full of self-importance you might not have all the facts you might have part of a story and you can respond in that way and it become uncontrolled and your emotion can force you to do things so James is making very clear don't do that it doesn't honor God it doesn't help it's not part of being transformed Uh, it may be part of a stubborn heart but that's for another story the point being an angry spirit is never an attentive spirit not a spirit that wants to listen and learn in that way Um, and it's not compatible with Jesus teaching so be mindful of that really work at that Um, just Go slow in that way. Receive the word. Do what the word is saying. Uh, Let the salvation of our souls be front and center. Um, And all of this probably, as I think mums know, requires teachable spirits. You know, young people, if you're listening to this today, you need to grow with a teachable spirit. Others can speak into your life. Let them do that. More than likely, your mums, your dads, your grandmothers, etc., can let them speak into your life. Secondly, not just get real, but get active. James makes that really clear. Do not, and he says it again in verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word, but do it itself. Don't deceive yourself. Um, listen and learn. Apply it. You know, knowledge is useless unless you apply it. Uh, Don't just merely listen to the word and deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at their face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he he looks like. It's it's supposed to be a light-hearted moment for James. And yet Jesus has a similar moment in that great Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6 and 7, towards the end, right at the end, end, in fact, of Matthew 7. Jesus uses that word, therefore. And you know the story. But just to help you out, I think some of it might be on the screen below you. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine 
and puts them into practice is like who? A wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down. You can do the hand movements with your kids right now. The rain came down, yet it did not fall. Why? Because its foundation was on the rock. Verse 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like the foolish man who did what? He built his house on the sand. The rain came, the wind came, and the floods came. Well, what do you think happened? The house fell down with a great crash. It couldn't stand. And so it's important that we don't just listen, but we put in practice what we're hearing. It's crucial to all things. And that's the point James is making. Don't just hear words. Put them into practice. Uh, let it affect your heart. Let it affect your attitude. Let it affect your mind and soul and spirit. Uh, let obedience become part. Obedience to the word of God become part and parcel of who you are. Just knowing stuff doesn't matter. And brothers and sisters, you know, I can say to you, when I think of the word of God, I, I've been in ministry now for some 30 years. And between you and I, I know people who come to church week in, week out, and they can sit and under the teaching of the Word of God, and yet they can remain unchanged. And in fact, what concerns James, and I think would concern me, is the more you come to church with an unchanged heart, the harder your heart becomes. And that's the whole deception thing. James is saying, don't deceive yourself. Get real. Stop kidding yourself. Understand what's happening and come before God and seek change in that way. Um, and James is so concerned about that. And this issue about, you know, two men can gaze, can sit in the same, uh, under the same sermon, can look in the same mirror. One can walk away and totally forget what, what he looks like. And the other can go and apply what he's learned. I don't think it's so much about dementia as in, wow, what, what did I look like? I think it's, can I say worse than that? I think the person looking in the mirror intentionally doesn't want to remember what they see. Because you know when you look in the mirror and you see yourself, you actually start to see not just your, maybe your facial flaws, I'm getting older, grey hair, wrinkles. You actually, the longer you look in the mirror, you start to realise who you are. And you may not like what you see. So the idea is you quickly leave, and I'll, just, I'll move on to something else, I won't even think about it. That's the deception. If any of you are in that space, can I encourage you on this Mother's Day, how about you too get real with who you are? Get real with your life, your marriage, your family. Get real so you can grow because it matters. Um, you know, we sit in church life. We can sit under a, an enormous sermon, great worship. Greg and the team have been doing a great, great time and I love all the work they're doing. But you know, by the time this message is finished, let's just say in 15 minutes time, you've clicked off. How direct can I be? You haven't even less lasted to the last few songs. You've got something else to do. And all of a sudden you go to do something else and you've totally forgotten everything that's been said. That's what James is saying. Don't be like that. And if you want to check out one of the most profound moments in Scripture where you can truly understand what it means to hear something and have no change, go and check out Mark chapter 6. Verses 14 to 29. You know the story because we only referred to it a few months ago in church. It's Herod and his wife Herodias. 
Herod in that part of scripture actually is impressed with John the Baptist. And we know what happens when Herod says to a certain lady, I'll give you half my kingdom. We know what happens to John. But there's a moment in verse 20. We read this in Mark 6, verse 20. Uh, When Herod heard John, he was greatly puzzled, yet he liked to listen to him. He liked to listen to him. In that passage, in the blink of an eye, not only did he like to listen to him, John would be killed. Here is a prime example of you can hear and not be changed at all. You can be tickled. You can think, oh, gee, I like what that bloke said. I like what that lady said. I like that song. It may have no impact on you at all. Check it out yourself. James would say, yeah, you can be charmed. You can be charmed by the word of God, but not changed. Don't deceive yourself. Don't be like that. Don't ignore what God is saying to you. Understand there's a greater purpose here. And indeed, he says it in verse 25, I think. But whoever looks intently again uh, into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what, God, what they will do uh, with God. You see, part of the problem we might have is we think of the Old Testament as being we're under law. Now in the New Testament, we're under grace and so we can do what we like. We're no longer required to be obedient because I feel a certain way. The Spirit of God will help my emotions go in a certain direction and I'm not under law. That is so true when it comes to salvation. No, acceptance by God is not by what you do. Acceptance by God is based on your faith in Jesus Christ. But let's not kid ourselves. There's still a law. And that law is tied in with obedience. And do you know what? Freedom comes from being obedient to what God has to say. There is true freedom in that. And James knows that. And I want to encourage you along that way as well. Uh, It's not what we do that matters in terms of our faith and our salvation position. But we're still tied in with obeying the word of God as we live this life. As we uh, keep uh, checking ourselves and how we're going. In my mind, I picture that when the day comes, when we're all back together, I think we'll have one service. My guess is we'll probably need a communion service. Why? Because more than likely, all of us will have to pause and repent. Repent of the things we've thought about, repent of the things we've said, and then to get back on track with God. I think it's going to be a key thing. Uh, And then, you know, as James writes and he's thinking about, you know, get real, get active. Put it into practice. Don't let this thing somehow sit in your shelf. Do what it says and you'll find real life and real freedom. And finally, he comes to conclude it and says, get caring. Uh, verse 26 to 27. Get real, get active, but be a caring group of people. Um, James writes his concerns for those around him. Uh, three ways. Control the tongue. That's right. Control the cum- tongue. Keep a tight rein on it. James will talk about this further in chapter 3. Be concerned for the vulnerable. And we're living in a season right now where there's many, many people who are vulnerable. And finally, can you avoid living like others do? Avoid getting caught up in the world and how they live. Uh, You know, James is really black and white, which I like. There's no middle ground here. I like that too. Uh, There's a need to examine ourselves. We might find that a bit harder, but there's a need to examine ourselves. Um, and during lockdown, we should all be doing that to be truthful. We need to examine our hearts, how we speak, how we engage. 
Uh, I, I, you know, Martin Luther had his own views about the book of James and I don't have time to go into that. But one thing Martin Luther said, you may as well stop reading and hearing the word of God and give it to the devil if you do not desire to live according to it. I wonder how many of us are deceiving ourselves. You know, I wonder how many others know that we're deceiving ourselves, but they just never say it to us. Uh, you know, those who consider themselves religious, verse 26, and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, what does he say? They deceive themselves and their religion is worthless, useless. Religion that our God Father accepts is pure and, and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. There, there is the key, to look after the vulnerable. We know that our Heavenly Father is a father to the fatherless. We know about the importance of widows and orphans, and they would have known that in the first century. We know it today as we're seeking to care for those who are locked down, who don't have what we have, the resources we have, and we want to make sure they can get attention and care in that way. But you know, this issue about religion, look, there's lots of things we do that's about religion, coming to church, worship, prayer, giving. But if your heart is not changed... The point that James is making is your religion is worthless. Stop wasting your time. You might not like to hear that, but it's so true. Uh, and the tongue, keep, just be careful how you speak. Keep a tight rein on it. Just because you have freedom to say things doesn't mean you should. Just because you can post a whole range of things doesn't mean you should. Now, if you're nudging each other in the lounge chair right now, just be careful. If you're looking at each other in a certain way thinking, you know, honey, he's talking to you, just, just be careful about that as well. Let's be a bit more sensitive to each other as we engage together as well. You know, what's religion that might deceive? It's religion that, wow, that gossips, that speaks inappropriately, that just says things without concern for the other person. Uh, don't control their tongue. Angry outburst lets their emotion run wild no, and does it in a context that is not helpful. These are people who are not, have not submitted their hearts to Christ. And we're all called to do that more and more. And so we need to let Christ and the Spirit of God change us and rule in our lives. And these issues come up again and again in Scripture. Uh, let us grow together. Let us be active together and let us care. And we're trying to do that as a church right now. Uh, again, can I quote Martin Luther? Not that you can stop me quoting Martin Luther. He says, The world does not need a definition of religion as much as it needs a demonstration of it. Isn't that true right now? And won't that be true in three or six months when we're out of action and we're back doing what we're doing. They need a demonstration of what it means to be us, to be God's people. Uh, don't get caught up in the way the world responds. Let's be careful in that as well. Uh, the day will come when we're out of COVID lockdown. What do we think others will say about us? Hopefully they'll say, you know, those guys, they cared for each other on that ministry team at Fig Tree. Uh, they cared for our community because they sought to connect with us. But wouldn't it be powerful if they said, you know, that church in Gibson's Road, that fig tree church, they cared for the vulnerable. We know that because we know people who have suffered. There is a marker. There is a marker, not just now, 
but for the future. May it be so. And finally, brothers and sisters, let's, let's get going. Uh, don't kid yourself. All these things m- matter. Let me ask you a question. How different will you be as a result of this passage? Uh, what are you going to do today even as a result of this passage? Uh, be real. Be active. Be caring. And remember this. Our faith confirms our relationship with Jesus. And mums, can I say to you, no matter what the world says, I say, as God would say, you are loved, you are cared for, you are special, you are God's children. May it be that you too grow in love and appreciation of how God has wired you up. Take care. God bless you all on this Mother's Day.